take a minute and let's remember who he is and what he's done in our lives. Because I know what he's done for mine. I know that he saved me from sin. He saved me from a death that I deserved. He brought me out of darkness and into the light. Even though I didn't deserve it, that there's nothing that I can do to earn more of his love because he's already given me 100%. Let's remember what he's done because I know that my God came as a child and gave his life for me, that he shed his innocent blood so that I might live. He met me right where I was. Every single time he meets me right where I am. What's he done for you? Let's just take a minute. We're going to sing that again and remember. We can't help but give him praise because what he's done for us. Because of who he is. That's what this song is all about. How I can't believe how good the Lord is. It's not that he hasn't been good. It's like I can't believe that he would meet me right where I am, knowing the sin that I've done, knowing the darkness that I've walked in. I can't believe that he would still choose to come, that he would still choose to meet me. That's how good he is.
to do? Do we believe that he can make anything into the completion that is perfect the way that he is perfect? Jude and I, we've been doing puzzles lately. And we did a 750-piece puzzle, and then we had a 500-piece puzzle, and I'm like, this is going to be a breeze. This one will be so much easier. The pieces were bigger. But we opened it up, and the pieces weren't like normal pieces. We couldn't do the edges first because they didn't fit together. The way that we always would do something, the way that makes sense to us, wasn't going to work. And I just hear him saying that there is a problem someone in here is facing, and the way that makes sense to you isn't going to work this time. The way that you've done things in the past isn't going to work this time. He came to do a new thing but it's still going to come to completion in his will, his way this time. It needs to be done in his way, not your way. So are we willing to give him control? It was uncomfortable to do the inside of that puzzle first. It didn't seem right. It seemed we kept trying and trying to do the edges. We could not do it got a couple pieces and we would have to give up. We're like, all right, well, let's do this barn. We can do the barn. There's doors on that. We can see it. We couldn't see it. Sometimes we don't need to see it. Sometimes we need to trust that he sees it. He knows every single piece of your life. his way this time. Amen. He's going to do it his way and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be perfect. He's not going to leave anything out because he knows what is needed. And sometimes the things we think we need, we don't really need. Lord, we give you control today. We give you the pieces, God, of our life. We say yes to your way, Lord. We say yes to the way that you want to do it this time. We say yes to you and no to our flesh, God. We say do it your way this time. 
this time. Knowing that your way is higher than our way. And I, for one, am thankful that I get to count on a God who sees the end. I get to count on a God who knows what tomorrow is going to bring because he holds it. I don't want to do it my way anymore. I don't want to walk the way I've walked for the past 35 years. I want to walk his way. I want to walk closer to him. I want to run after him in a way I never have before. And if we count on him, if we believe in him, if we give him every piece of our life, we're going to run like we never have run before because we can count on him. Because we're gonna trust him with all. I'm gonna sing that pre-chorus and the chorus one more time and just give him all your pieces today. I just encourage you to give him every single one. Know that he knows what's best, that he is gonna see you through that he will not leave or forsake you because he loves you so much. He would give his life for you. He would have come just for you. He loves you. You are a priceless possession in his eyes, amen. So just give him all the pieces. Cause he's no prison wall you can't break through. No mountain you can't move. Things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save. Oh, things are possible. Cause there's no prison. Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through, no mountain you can't move. Oh, Things are possible, and there's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can't save. Things are possible. The darkest night, and you can light it up, and you can light it up.
Today's New Year's Eve, I guess, right? I, I heard that's the rumor, so I uh, hope you have a good New Year's tonight. How, okay, question. I'm going to take a poll. How many of you actually stay up till midnight in the, in the one? Anybody do it? How many of y'all are old like me and still going to go to bed before that? Okay, all right. Just to check it. I gave up on that years ago. Years ago. I figure... I wake up, it'll be New Year's Day, everything will be fine. So, anyways, whatever you do tonight, I hope you have a good time. Uh, and we're going to, together today, kind of get off on the right foot into 2024. Before we, before we get into our Bibles today, tithe and offering, if you have uh, your giving today, offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. If not, there's not one there, you can wave your hand around and the ushers will help you out. Um, we appreciate your giving and, and certainly... All things that happened in 2023 as a church happened because of your giving. It will be the same uh, heading into uh, next year. Uh, your faithfulness allows us to do what we do as a church. And um, not everything takes money, but some things do. And we believe that as you give, uh, that the finances that come into the church are, are used in good stewardship and wisdom. And God goes above and beyond what we could think to do with it. Uh, as he just does all the things that he does. Amen? But let me pray over your giving. If you have something, you can bring it down to the baskets. Lord, we thank you. Just be able to come to the house today on this day before a new year to worship you together, to be together in unity. Uh, Lord, to honor you. And, and I pray as we give today, it's another act of worship this morning, another act of honoring you, uh, that you are the one that provides and, and brings increase into our life and our giving is a response of worship to that, Lord. So as we give today, it's a life of faith that we live as we trust you in all areas of our life. And we thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. All right, so uh, only a couple uh, quick announcements, then we'll get our Bibles out. Um, first off is uh, in February, we kick back off our next semester of small groups. And we have like five different small groups that happen. Uh, some small groups for ladies, a, a small group for guys. There's, there's a small group for uh, the older folks. Um, so what we're going to do is in a couple Sundays here, we're going to introduce all the group leaders, tell you when those groups meet. And if you're interested in being part of those groups, we'll have you connect with them. And they can let you know the day and the time and the meeting place. But small groups are, are a big part of our church. Uh, and, and we are, are a church that has small groups. We're a, a church of small groups. And... Uh, important to us because of relational building and the things that happen when we get together in a smaller setting uh, beyond uh, our Sunday and Wednesday gathering. So in a couple weeks, we'll give you more information about that, but they kick off in February. And, and just so you know, our small groups run on uh, what we call semesters. Uh, they meet uh, February through May. We take June and July off. Then they meet August and November, and we take December and January off. It's sort of how we do it. So uh, again, we're kicking off in February. So we'll give you more details about that, but hopefully uh, you get connected to a small group. And secondly, uh, next Sunday begins uh, 21 days of prayer. And every year we begin uh, the year with 21 days of consecrated prayer. And what's gonna happen is the church will be open uh, at some point during the day, all during those 21 days. So here's sort of the schedule. 
Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, the church will be open from 6 to 7 p.m., Saturday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m., and of course then Sundays and Wednesdays we're here together, but the church is open an hour before service starts. So if you want to come be involved in 21 days of prayer and uh, come to the church during those times, you may do so. I'm going to give you some more details about 21 days of prayer at the end of today's message because we're going to do something connected to that. Uh, but we believe in prayer. We're a pray first church, and, and we want to kick off uh, our year with 21 days of prayer. By the way, Wednesdays, uh, starting this Wednesday, uh, the messages will be about prayer. I'm going to teach you about prayer, how to pray, what it means to pray. We're going to talk about fasting, what that's about. So over this next month, Wednesday nights, will be dedicated to teaching on prayer, just so you know that, uh, and uh, just to reinforce what we're doing during that 21 days. So a uh, little bit more information at the end of the service today, but just so you know, that starts next Sunday. And last but not least, we're going to start sending out here in a couple weeks something we call marriage minutes. So how many of y'all are married? How many of you all are not married but want to be married? Okay, there's some of you here too. All right, good. Uh, anyways, marriage minutes is going to be just what that is. They're going to be short videos uh, just shot with an iPhone. That'll be one minute or less that kind of highlight important aspects of marriage. Something for you to think about and maybe work on in your marriage. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a lot of them. I may have some people help me do those things, but I'm not, it's not gonna necessarily be once a week, but once a week, once every other week, a short video will be sent out to whoever signs up for it, just to get you thinking about your marriage. Again, marriage is like a car. This is the example we always use, it's like a car. If you don't keep up your car, eventually your car breaks down, it's a mess and it costs you more to fix it than it would if you had kept on it the, up on it the whole time, right? So marriage minutes is about that. It's just sort of uh, marriage maintenance to make you think about things uh, because uh, your marriage is obviously very important. Your marriage is sacred to God. Did you know that? So, so when people come to church and ask if I'll marry them, I say, maybe. I just don't marry everybody who comes and asks me because I believe it's sacred. So if you come to me and want married, well, you got to do marriage counseling first. We're going to make sure you're on the same page, you know. We're, we're, we're going to uh, do it in a way that it's constructed long-term because that's what marriage is about. Amen? So that helps with this. So uh, Drew has a sign-up sheet. It's been back for a couple weeks, but I thought we'd pass it today. So during service, pass it around. And if you're interested in receiving the marriage minutes, put your name and whatever cell phone number you want the video to go to. So it's just going to be sent out uh, through text uh, to cell phones. So just make sure that gets passed around today, and uh, we'll get that going here in the next couple weeks. All right. Well, thanks, Samara. If you got your Bible, open up to Isaiah chapter number 43 and verse number 18 is where we're going to start today. Uh, prayers for everybody that's traveling uh, over the, the holiday season. I know we spent uh, this week in Pennsylvania visiting our family and got back, I don't know, yesterday about 5 o'clock, 4.30, 5 o'clock. I know there's people out traveling today. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, we do Christmas and everybody does all this stuff. Everybody gets tired, right? And we know New Year's is coming. It's like in between Christmas and New Year's, you lose, I don't even know what day it is. Am I supposed to be somewhere right now? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, we're in that time, and I know people are out doing things uh, for New Year's today. So prayers for everybody who's traveling and not with us today, and we'll see everybody back next Sunday. All right, Isaiah chapter 43, 
and verse number 18. I kind of have uh, this morning maybe something a little different. I have a, a 2024 wish list. How many of you uh, make New Year's resolutions? Anybody do that? There's like two of you just raised your hand. Okay. That's sort of a thing I guess that's going out. But it used to be. Everybody used to make resolutions. Nobody ever kept their New Year's resolutions, but they made them anyways, right? They're making goals you don't keep is sort of the way it worked. Uh, so I don't have New Year's resolutions, but I have a wish list for us as a church heading into this next year. But I want to start off with Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18 and read a couple verses here. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, and this, this is, this is a, a prophecy through Isaiah from God. Behold, God is, I am, doing a new thing. And now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? See that? Don't remember the former things, don't consider the things that were, but God is and has been doing a new thing. But here's the key to it. God can do all that he wants to do, but if you don't perceive it, you'll miss it. Let me say that again. God can do everything that he wants to do. The, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is advancing. But if you don't perceive it, you'll miss it. There's something of maturity that comes in a person that will cause you to see beyond seeing and hear beyond hearing and, and uh, discern to what God is up to and perceive what the kingdom of God is doing in our world, around us, and in our lives. But you must perceive it. And there's a place of maturity of learning how to perceive what God is up to. So we look to the newness of the work of God in our lives as we go forward in our lives. And always when uh, we get to a calendar time like this, so uh, today is the last day of 2023, tomorrow is the first day of 2024, but in reality, the difference between today and tomorrow, nothing changes. Let's be real. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm not going to look no different, unfortunately. I'm not going to wake up with more hair than I had today, 10 pounds less than I am right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be the same me when I wake up tomorrow. Just because we have a calendar change, a new year, when the, when the ball drops tonight at midnight, wow, everybody, everybody's celebrating new year, it's still going to be the same thing tomorrow. But you've got to learn how to perceive what God is up to. Because what Isaiah was prophesying about was Jesus coming. And we we talked about all this in last week, Christmas, in the month of December. God has come. The kingdom of God has been inaugurated. And because of the new thing that is happening, he is actually doing a new thing, and it is through Jesus. Amen. But you've got to perceive what he's up to or you'll miss it. 
See, the newness of God is in such a way that it can overtake what was, and that's wonderful because a lot of us need that. He can take the mess of your life and do a new thing because that's what he does. That's the work of God. That's the kingdom of God. So as we're looking forward into a new year, what I want you to do, what I want to challenge you to do is, I want you to learn and grow into perceiving what God is up to. Because the kingdom of God is as uh, the, the parable that Jesus spoke, is as the yeast working through the dough. It's happening right now. But you've got to perceive it. But let me tell you something, and, and, and uh, kind of a reminder, because it's something I say a lot. In order to perceive what God is doing, you must learn to slow down and actually pay attention. We live in a very fast-paced, busy life. How many of you are more busy than you'd like to be? A lot of us are. I've heard it said that, that busyness can actually be an illness of the spirit. And the reason being is because if you don't learn how to slow down, you don't learn how to acquire peace in your life. When you don't have peace in your life, then, then life is more worrisome. Life is more stressed. My, life is more, more troubled. But to slow down and actually pay attention to what God is up to and in turn think about it. And allow that to work out in your life. In other words, we're led by the Spirit because we hear the Spirit, and we hear the Spirit because we slow down and pay attention enough to hear Him. And our life is led by Him. But, you, but you'll never be led by the Spirit when you're not listening and paying attention. And if you're not paying attention to the Spirit, you will not perceive the new thing that God has been doing and has continued to do. So, so I'd like you, maybe in your heart, to, to say, you know what? I'm not going to make a New Year resolution, but I'm going to build a healthy rhythm of life in this next year of slowing down and paying attention to the Spirit. But you can't do it actually, unless you actually slow down unless you actually pay attention and take time to put away the things that make you busy and put down the things that, that take your attention all the time. And, and, and as the world gets more technological, the harder it is. Because paying attention to the Spirit is much more important than anything you can get by looking at something on here or listening to something on here or whatever it is you do on here. Amen. I want us at the church to perceive what God is up to. And I want us at the church to continually move into that new thing because the new thing that started with Jesus that Isaiah prophesied about is still happening. It's a new thing because it puts the former things away but it's constantly taking us towards this everlasting life that is the newness of life and fulfillment. But that newness of life is now. 
And to walk into these things, again, it's a spirit-led venture that then opens you to the power of the spirit that brings about the new thing that God is doing. So let's think about this. What is God actually doing? You think about it. And how does that impact my life, that thing that God is doing, that new thing? And how does that new thing intend to change me? Because God never leaves you just as you are. How many know that God loves you? Let me see. How many know that that God loved you before you knew that he loved you? And how many know that that God loved you even while you were dog, dirty sinner? But does God intend you to stay a dog, dirty sinner? See, if you allow him to, that new thing will make a new thing. Right here. But you must perceive it. Think about it. Contemplate it. What is God wanting to do in me? What, what is the work of the kingdom of God that, that should be happening? That, like the plant, the, the, the smallest seed that grows into the large plant. Or again, the yeast working through the dough of my life. What's the new thing? Get so busy you miss it. So let people be people who perceive what God is up to. Now, here's the thing. I do not want you to be dependent upon the church or the messages alone to bring these things to your life. I'm glad you're here. I hope when you come, you listen. We worship you. I hope you're listening right now. It's good. It's fine. But this is not the sole source of that because I am not the mediator between you and God. Right? I am not the Holy Spirit. I didn't author the Bible. You see what I'm getting at? God has a personal relationship with you that doesn't include me. And I want you to slow down and pay attention and perceive what God is doing between you and him. Because I don't know the details of your life, and guess what? I don't want to know. I'm not a private detective. I'm not trying to figure out what's going on in your life. Not that I don't care, but I don't want to. You want to come talk, we'll talk, but I'm not trying to figure it out. See, see, God is at work in you personally because of personal reconciled relationship. And you've got to slow down and pay attention to him, not just when you come to church. See what I'm saying? Because God will do a new thing in you that's directly between you and him. But you've got to perceive it. What is God up to? What's he saying? How is he leading my life personally? I can't get too detailed for you. 
I can get detailed in a general sense, but, but you have to be very detailed with God personally. There's things about you that probably nobody else knows, but he knows. There's callings and purposes for your life that I have no clue about, but he knows because he made you and put it in you. It's personal. Perceive what God is up to on a personal level. That, that's something of a challenge as we go into 2024. But here's some other things. John chapter, cha- John chapter 3 and verse number 8. Here, here's sort of a, if, if I say a wish list point, for us as we gather together as a church, Here's something that I I desire, something that that we can pray about, that we see this happen in a greater way. John chapter 3 and verse number 8, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking about the need to be born again. And he talks about the activity of the Holy Spirit, and here's what he says. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I desire that when we come together as a church, that the Holy Spirit moves in this place like the wind blows. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going, but we know it's here. And although it is the work of the Spirit, I don't know about you. When it's outside, it's windy. I know it. You feel the wind. Then we come together, the Holy Spirit is active in such a way that we know he is present and we know that he's active here with us. Now, now here's some things about us as a church that I want to reinforce as we're heading into the new year. As a church, we will be doctrinally strong. And we will stand on this word for what we believe. Amen. As a church... And these are things that we pray. We will be a house of salvation. That when people come, they have an opportunity to know Jesus as their personal Savior. We will be a house of long-term discipleship. We will be a church of celebration in our worship. We will be a house of freedom where the Spirit is moving in such a way that people find freedom in their life. And we leave here, we will be a light of Jesus as we go into the world. We will also be a people of prayer. By the way, we'll be a church that grows. And we'll be seeking to add more room to the table of our family of faith. But see, being a doctrinally strong church is not the end of what it means to have relation with God. Christianity is not just about believing the right things. Christianity moves beyond belief of right things into the activity of God in our life. In other words, we pray that the wind blows in this place, the Spirit comes and does as he pleases because I want us to experience him when we come together. Doctrinally strong, but experience the move of God in our life. That's one point of of, of a wish list that I have for us. In other words, uh, and I, I say this, Samara leads our worship, and I say this to her sometimes. I say, let's make sure we leave room for the Spirit today. Amen. That we do so. 
that the Holy Spirit has room to do as he pleases when we gather together. Here's another thing, Ephesians chapter 1. Here's a second thing. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and this is uh, part of his opening greeting to the, the people that would have heard this letter. Ephesians 1.1 1, 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, and watch what he calls them, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. That the believers in the church of Ephesus are actually faithful in Christ Jesus. You know, faithfulness is one of the fruit of the Spirit that we're called to grow into. I have a desire that in 2024, you remain faithful. See, go to go Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's jump to another verse real quick. Hebrews chapter 10 and... and Verse 23. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without what? Wavering. That we're not thrown back and forth by the winds of the world or the waves of the sea as trouble comes in our life. Let's not waver. For he who promised, God who promised is, what is he? Faithful. Aren't you thankful Hey, listen, listen to me. Aren't you thankful that God is faithful to you? But here's the thing. Because God is faithful to us, we have an opportunity to respond in faithfulness to him. It's something we grow in. Because he is faithful, we can be faithful in return. I desire for you in 2024... To stand firm because honestly, let's be, be honest, we don't really know what tomorrow brings. If, if, I, if I could, if I could, and I can't, but if I could, I would wrap each one of you in this big, giant, spiritual bubble wrap. That everything that happens this year just kind of bounces off you and you don't experience trouble and, you, and you're entirely completely safe and, and you don't experience things that kind of knock you off course or, 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 or you don't face any trials and, or, or temptation is not anywhere near you. I can't promise those things. I can't promise you a perfect 2024. I can't say that, that if you just, I hear things like this. It's not true. If you just give enough tithe and offering, you'll have a perfect year. It's not true. Not true. But what I do know is true is God is faithful. And because He is faithful, you can be faithful. So let's say you have the best year of your life. Be faithful. Let's say it's not so good of a year and things happen that, that you have no control of and it's not fair. Listen to me, it's my wish list. Stay faithful. Don't waver. No matter what happens just because you live in a, in a world that's not perfect or, or what happens because the enemy's got schemes and plans, stay faithful. And by the way, it's the tough times 
that turn into refining fire in our life. And if you stay faithful, those tough times will leave you stronger. Parents, the best thing you can model for your kids is faithfulness. Your kids know what you go through more than you think. Model faithfulness. It will teach them something. Yes, the enemy has plans. Yes, he has schemes. But listen to me. It's not difficult. Stand in the authority of the name of Jesus. We're given that authority. Stay faithful. And faithfulness, by the way, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Faithfulness is actually found because you develop a consistency of meeting with God. Let me tell you something. When you're able to slow down and spend time in prayer, you're able to slow down and, and spend time in your word. And you're able to find a good, healthy consistency of that in your life. It doesn't mean you have to pile hours into it, but, but a consistent rhythm that fits who you are and your schedules. It helps build faithfulness because you're consistently meeting with the one who will help you through everything you face. But if you don't slow down and pay attention, he'd, he'd like to help and strengthen you and give you peace and give wisdom, but you're too busy running around not paying attention. He can't give you a lot of what he'd like to. Slow down, pay attention, find consistency of time with him. He'll help you stay faithful. He'll strengthen you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll see you through. By the way, let me throw this little nugget in here. 2024 is a presidential election year. One thing I know about what's coming is going to be nasty. Do your duty as a citizen. Don't sell your soul to it. Let me say that again. Do your duty as a citizen. Do not sell your soul to it. You hear me? It's not worth your soul to dive into the nastiness that you're going to see. Amen? Stay faithful. Here's the last thing. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the what of life, the newness of life, newness of life. C.S. Lewis said this. I, I, I love this quote. It makes you think. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. That's what newness is. Buried with him is baptism, but raised to life. I desire that you continue to find freedom in your life. Freedom from this newness of life that Paul is writing about here. Freedom from sin and freedom into what life is like because you've been set free from sin. In other words, there's growth. 
And that can, that can involve several different things. But in this, everything in your life, God can use it for your growth, both the good and the bad. And this is part of long-term discipleship. This is part of the celebration of freedom. I desire for you to find freedom in areas of your life that you haven't been fully free in yet. So when we come together, that the Spirit moves as he pleases. No matter what is thrown at you in this life, in this next calendar year, that you stay faithful. But all the while, this process, you're growing. You're growing. You're finding freedom. That you're perceiving what God is up to, and that's part of it. That's the newness of life. That's what I want. That's what I want to see happen. By the way, small groups are important to, to, to freedom because it's in, you get in a small group, and you're able to talk and, 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 and help one another. There's a certain aspect of relationships together that help us in our relationship with God. That's why small groups are important, by the way. But I want you to be free to really know what the newness of life that we have in God is really all about. Amen. So those are simple things. Those are big picture, broad things. There's so much falls in underneath it. That's what I'd like to see. So clock strikes 12 tonight, 2024. Here we go. I'm looking forward to the new year. By the way, did you know I'm an eternal optimist? You know that? I'm, I'm just that. It's my nature. I'm an eternal optimist. I'm always like, I'm looking forward to it. Even if it's like, yeah, it looks nasty. I'm like, let's go. You know, that, that's just me. But I'm looking forward to the new year. Because... I have been learning to perceive the new thing that God is up to. That's why I'm an optimist. There, there is no person, no person that I have ever encountered that I thought lost cause. Never found it. And by the way, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. Working with teenage kids that are just a mess. You go, oh, wow, oh, 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 my goodness, oh, wow, oh, oh wait, 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 oh, that's good. Let's grab that. Let's see what God can do. Amen? So the, the new year, good things are coming in him. Because the newness of life and what God is up to does not depend on what's happening around us in society. Did you know that? It seems like things are falling apart and crumbling all around us, and it's true. But it's not stop God from the newness of life in you. Not stop God from doing what his plans and purposes are. Amen? That is why I can say I think good things are coming. And I'm not predicting about society, but I'm talking about you right here. Right here. See what I'm getting at? God is able to do far and above what we ask or imagine. That's the newness of life. So here's what I want to do, how we're going to close out today. Drew and a couple of the ushers, they have post-it notes. And I think there's like six packs. Pass it around, and everybody take one post-it note, okay, that comes by. You can take two if you want, uh, once I tell you what this is for. So 21 days of prayer... 
uh, we're obviously praying for some different things about the church, but we also want personal prayer from you. So here's what we're gonna do. And if you have something to write with, I hope if not, share some pens around. I'd like you to write a prayer need on that post-it note. You don't, have, don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it, but just write your prayer need on your post-it note. And when you're done doing that, I want you to get up out of your chair, I want you to go stick it on the wall here in the sanctuary, okay? Put it high enough that little kids can't come grab it and throw it on the floor, all right? But pass it down, take a post-it note. We're gonna do this again next Sunday for those that weren't here today. As soon as you're done, don't wait for me, as soon as you're done writing something on that, go ahead and just go put it on the wall. And over the next 21 days, as we gather as a church, we're gonna walk around and pray over the prayer requests that are on the wall. When 21 days of prayer, we'll gather them up, and then every Monday prayer, we're gonna keep praying over them, okay? Go ahead, take some time. Write one thing, two things, three things. If you need another post-it note, go get another one. But write down prayer need or needs on the post-it note. Again, we're a praying church. We're gonna, we're gonna stand in faith for one another as we're heading into 2024. You don't have something to write with, wave your hand around and, and I think they probably can find something to help you out or somebody here can share with you. But as soon as you're done, just go ahead and go, go put them on the wall. Then, then we'll gather back and, and pray together before we go. So how high should you put him on the wall? If you think of a kid, this how high can he jump? Put it higher. That's how high you put him on the wall. Give you just a couple minutes to do this. post-it note, wave your hand around, Drew will get it to you.
just so you know, if, if you come to this church, this is your home church, you are never not covered in prayer. I want you to know that. My wife and I pray for you. We have a prayer team that, that meets Monday night prayer. They pray for you. You always have somebody praying for you. I want you to know that. Part of our job as a church is to pray for one another. Amen? You never have to be embarrassed to come with a prayer need. Let's stand and we'll close in prayer this morning. Lord, I thank you for everybody here in the house today. I pray blessing upon them. Lord, I pray, uh, as it says in Psalm 115, that Lord, Lord, that you would cause them to flourish, both, both them and their children. May they be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We pray that blessing on everybody. So as we head into this new year, Lord, that Lord, that our year is, is centered around you. We're perceiving what you're up to. To understand, Lord, that you are with us, you don't leave us, you don't forsake us, but right in the middle of our every days, you're there. No matter what we face, you're going to see us through. We will be faithful. We will remain faithful. Lord, so help each one of us. Lead us, guide us, give us wisdom, strengthen us. Lord, for those that need peace, a sense of peace in their life, I pray that you give them peace that passes all understanding. Lord, a contentment that you're with us. Lord, this year coming is a year of growth, a year of stability. A year that no matter what, you shine through each one of us. So we praise you and we worship you and give ourselves to you once again today. That tomorrow, this new year, just like every other day, we pick up our cross, we deny ourselves and we follow you. I thank you for that. The newness of life, the new thing, that we're in on it and it's happening. Lord, you're so wonderful, you are so good, so good. Blessings as we leave today, blessings as we leave today. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. Well, if, if you would like prayer before you go this morning, come on down, we'd love to pray with you. If not, Wednesday night, we'll start our series on prayer next Sunday. We'll see you back. Bring somebody along with you. Have a wonderful week.